welcome all my goosed and ghouls and phantasms. <laughs> uh, welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, <laughs> kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast for affable idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Spooky Adam. And today I have with me the shrillest scream in the land, Chad Michaelinis. <laughs> That's my spooky scream. <laughs> Parmesan, huh? Gene Par- it's a it's a Arrested Development thing. Lucille screams. Okay, I haven't watched that show. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, I've never seen that show before. We've got a pickle okay. here today. I'm gonna do uh, the best episode... I can to eat it off mic. Go for it. Yeah, <laughs> this is episode two thirty one. Um, you can catch us on twitch.tv slash idiots Sunday evenings at around eight thirty p.m. Eastern time. YouTube and podcast services Tuesday at nine a.m. Eastern time in the morning. If you don't want to catch us live. Mm. Upcoming on today's spooky, 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 scary time ah! show. Dude, this one was scary. PlayStation State of Play. We're going to run that <laughs> down. Uh, Topical. Lots of news about sales numbers. Uh, events are getting canceled left and right. And Amy Heading is getting her own Marvel game. Only one of those is good. Can you guess which one? Probably the one about screening yourself for prostate cancer on a regular basis. That is a healthy thing to do. Yep, you should do that. That's a good thing. Especially if you're not 40. Testicular breast. If you're like 22, just do it every other week. Yeah, every every other week. (laughs) Send the camera up there every other week. Yes. (laughs) You'll know. You'll know. Very good. Very good, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I try. Uh, We're going to go down to our main quest, which is a real spooky one. This is the rundown of that PlayStation State of Play third-party show that happened earlier last week. This breakdown is from Gabe Gerwin at GameSpot. Gabe Gerwin, Gabe GameSpot. Gerwin, GameSpot. That's like the, now, you ever hear those, the Kyle Petty California tongue twister? Like you're supposed to say that as many times as you can. Kyle Petty California. Kyle Petty California. Yeah, Kyle Petty California. Kyle Petty. California. Gabe Gerwin, GameSpot. Gabe Gerwin, GameSpot. A B C. <laughs> That's a, I think it was a really bad rap verse from Waka Flocka Flame a long time ago. Um, so this show happened last week. I believe it was on a Wednesday. Yep. Um, it was a third party. They were like, hey, we're having a state of play. It's all third party games. Um, and then they showed us some third party games. And uh, I'm not going to lie. It was not my favorite thing I've ever seen. There's a couple things in here, but mm, whatever. We're going to... We'll break it all down. But just real quick. We saw... Um, PlayStation Plus games for November. First class, our first class trouble was showed off. Star Ocean game, uh, Divine Force, Bugs Snacks DLC, Death First, Let It Die. Kind of bugs and kind of snacks gonna bite you in your ass. Yes, Bug Snacks. It's Bug Snaps. Uh, there was a, a PlayStation uh, Five episodic game. We are OFK. Which is kind of music video, video game. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. King of Fighters 15 beta. Uh, Little, Little Devil Inside was an interesting one. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's. New games coming out in December. Death Door. This was a nice one. Yeah. Uh, coming to PS4, PS5, and Switch. And then uh, a free-to-play kart racer, Kart Rider Drift, was also announced. So, I, I, I don't know if I encourage everyone to go watch it. I would say everyone look up a rundown and look up the trailers that are interesting to you. We'll talk about it here. The main thing on the internet, most people were like, this was not great. People were like, this should have been an email and maybe <laughs> not a presentation. Um, I guess we'll start top bottom. How did you feel about it? There, I, there were a couple of things I was like, that was cool. Yeah. But again, thank God I don't watch these things live because I, I would have been I think, not happy. I think this thing gets more shit than it deserves. This particular state of play. 
Mm -hmm. Now, I do admit that it was kind of light on announcements, but the ones that were there were like pretty significant, not significant necessarily, but like they had some weight to them. I do agree that a lot of these could have been just like press releases or tweets or things like that. But there's a couple gems in here. The first one being Death Store. Absolutely, everyone should play that. Game of the Year consideration right now. And now it's available on PlayStation and Nintendo consoles. Well, it will be on November That was a good 23rd. one for me. So that was a great thing to see there for all of you who had been holding out or who don't have an Xbox. Um, another really great one is Bug Snacks. Getting that DLC. And thanks to Greg Miller bugging them on Twitter, there will be now new trophies in it, which is going to be really great mm. coming in early 2022. Um... And I think you touched on this, and you just kind of blew right past it, but man, the Little Devil Inside gameplay, it is, first of all, the game looks freaking beautiful. It like it has this like diorama, like miniatures kind of look to it. It has, I forget the name of the, the, the cinematic effect where like everything looks like it's really tiny and it's sped up, but, uh, and it uses the, the horizontal blurs. Anyway, it looks really, really pretty. It has some really interesting looking uh, gameplay, kind of more of an adventure style game. Not much like, hey, hack and slash combat or things like that. It's just, you're exploring, you're meeting people, learning stories, all that kind of stuff. But I was very surprised by that. It was like four minutes of trailer, though. I don't know if I needed four minutes of that trailer. The same way I don't know if I needed, you know, all 100 hours of The King of Fighters, which that was, again, probably more like 45 seconds but it felt like a hundred years but yeah there were some things in there that was that were that were pretty good and some things that i learned about that i'm kind of glad that i knew about that i would not have clicked on otherwise like for instance mm -hmm. we are ofk like i that is a game based around a band making their first record i believe and you play music videos with them but it's also like it's a real band like, you're playing a game, but also this band exists, and they have a single out right now, and they're making an album, and it's like, that's such a really cool thing. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to play the game, but I'm glad I know it exists now, and I would not have looked that up, or if I saw a screenshot of it with a, with a headline on IGN, I wouldn't have clicked on it. So, like, there are a couple of things in here that, are, that I'm glad that it happened, but, um, yeah, also this generic-ass free-to-play kart racer kart drift, like, I did not need all 100 hours of that trailer right there for some literally like it looked like a free-to-play mobile capitalize on in-game transactions generic ass kart racer anyway some good things in there oh five nights at freddy's mm -hmm. all them youngins i watched this with with uh brent we were talking on the playstation party app and he was freaking out over this. Apparently, this is like the best Five Nights at Freddy's has ever looked, and and all the kids are going to be super duper stoked and jizzing in their baby pants. So that was good for some people, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was on Pixel Street this last week. Uh, Pixel Street podcast. You know, John invited oh, me. Oh, some good fellows. Yeah, some cool dudes, and we talked about this, and they were pretty down on it. I sort of agree, but I'm also halfway with you. Like, I thought Little Devil Inside looks awesome. Yeah, uh, I don't remember the original trailer of that, but I was like, oh yeah, I've heard of this game. I'm like, oh yeah, that game looks super cool. Um, again, this this whole show just shows me why the way that I do it's the best way to do it is just wait ten minutes after it's done and have somebody break. Like, here's the videos, and they clip them out for me. Yeah. Because, like, King of Fighters, I'm like, I can skip that. I'm not going to waste my 100 hours watching <laughs> that, and it's cool. But, like, Little Devil Inside of Me looked really cool. Death Door is a big deal. And then I think the OFK I came around on. When, they, when you first hear the 
like, oh, you play music videos with an indie rock band. I'm like, okay, right. indie rock band. Here we right. go. But it was pretty charming, and I kind of like the way that looks. I'm I'm interested in that. I don't know if I'll buy that, but that, I'm way more interested than I would have been. I like the but meta, like sense of stuff. humor in that trailer too, where they yeah. were like, "Hey, how's the thing coming for the PlayStation State of Play reveal?" Oh, like that was really cool. I like that. It's like we're here. We're in real life. Um, so those things I do think were standouts, and those other ones were either I don't care or like that looks bad. Yeah. Um, especially that first class trouble, which is going to be on PlayStation Plus, which is the Among Us third person game. I'm not gonna lie, it looks bad. Like you should just wait for Among Us to come out to PlayStation and every other console in in December because that one is like oof. This did not make me want to download. I mean, I'll download it because I download everything just because yeah, it's a free game. But I will literally never play that game ever. Um, so I, I think the only reason what that, people what that was. I'm gonna look it up right now. You're on a spaceship and you pretend to be a robot or you're a human. You look it up. It's whatever. Uh, for me, I think that I, I don't really get actually mad about this stuff. I'm not one of those people. I don't get mad about video games. So like That's not for me. I don't care. Um, sometimes I'll get mad, but normally not. I think the problem that they ran into was that they were like, it's a state of play. Because everyone has in their mind that state of play means big things. Instead of just being like, uh, this is a PlayStation blog presents or something like right. that. When you say state of play, because the last day we played it was great when they were like Spider-Man, Wolverine, God of War, Ragnarok. Like, that's the last one we had. And the one before that was Horizon well, Forbidden that West. that one was a PlayStation Well, there might have been one in between. The Wolverine. Showcase. Yeah. But it was still, was it not a state it of play? It was not branded state of play. It was a showcase. Gotcha. What was the last state of play? Was that Horizon? Yeah, I think it was. Forbidden the Horizon West? Deep Dive. Right before E3? Yep. Gotcha. Normally, when people say state of play, I got showcase confused. You're right. I, that was on my. That's my bad. I think people expect more, so they were like, "You're just showing us things that uh, these aren't a big deal to us." Um, yeah. yeah, like the kart racer. I think that the game looks comparable, but I just realized that unless a kart racer has an IP attached to it, I don't give a shit. Exactly. So <laughs> that's why nobody bought Mod Nation I, Racers. No, exactly. Um, yeah, I got, I'm just glad I don't sit down and waste my time. But there were things here that I was cool with. I could see what people were upset with it. It's all about expectations, man. You got to set them. But PlayStation wants you to get hyped. So every company wants you to get hyped. They're like, come watch our thing. It's a big deal. So, I mean, that's just how the industry works. I think there press, was some right? pluses. Even if it's people disappointed yeah, and shitty. <laughs> yeah, they're still talking about PlayStation. That's all that matters. So yeah, I'm at like, hey, these three things are really cool. And that's what I'll focus on. And I, I will literally... Never think about Star Ocean Divine Force ever again in my oh, life. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Mm. Bug snacks. Whoa, whoa. Talking about bug snacks. I'm so freaking pumped for that. You I'm not going to spoil that? anything about the end of bug snacks, but I'm really curious how this game exists in the timeline of bug snacks. Mm -hmm. um, Prequel. Who knows? Perhaps. The only th last thing on this is that I love how this death verse, the Let It Die game, I'm like, remember Let It Die? Remember that game? I don't. That I don't remember it at all, but these yeah. look like a, a bunch of like weird generic versions of other characters that we know and love, all beating the shit mm -hmm. out of each other in like a, a Battle Royale type fashion. And yeah, Let It Die was a free-to-play PS4 exclusive from Suda51, I believe. Okay. That was, it came out in 2015, and everyone was like, oh, Suda51. A PlayStation exclusive, and then no one ever spoke of that game ever again. Yeah, I never heard it. <laughs> it's almost like that. Is it is it down deep down or deep down or whatever that PS4 launch game oh, from Capcom, Capcom that never came out? That never came out. Uh, Somebody asked 
I remember like two or three months ago, somebody asked a Capcom executive about it a couple months ago in an interview. Mm-hmm. And whoever it was said, man, I have no idea what happened in that game. <laughs> it's still never <laughs> it's officially been canceled. It's still yeah. technically in development at Capcom, but no, that thing's never coming out. There's not a single person working on it. But yeah, yeah Let It Die, also one of those games that came out. I'm shocked. Came, I honestly thought it was the down below. It looks, it's just like dirty game made by a Japanese company that... <laughs> You know, like a dirty, dirty world. It's game. like, oh, everything's grimy. <laughs> dirty game. Um, and yeah, and it's just that they're like, it's not even a grasshopper, manif- you know, whatever Suda's co- um, company is. It's not even them. It's just someone taking his IP and making a Battle Royale arena fighter out of. I'm like, okay, I'll, another game that I can take out of my mind and never think about. Yep. But hope people enjoyed it. It's, it was whatever. It's fine. If it's free on PlayStation Plus, I'll play it one time on a game night with some people. I will download it. Or I will claim it. I will not download yes. it. <laughs> but speaking of playing things that we actually have downloaded, we're going to get into playtime. Chad, what you've been playing? A lot of the same. As of late. A lot of the same. Mm-hmm. Prince of Persia 2008 starring Nolan North uh, is our barf game of the month. Backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. It's the game you told us you wanted to play, or you wanted us to play. Um... I'm maybe halfway through that game, and um, we're going to talk about it sometime this week. And and that's all I'll say about that right now. Mm-hmm. And Destiny 2, I do have like a little bit of an update. We've been like bashing our head against this Vault of Glass, which is a raid that was from Destiny 1 that came back in Destiny 2 in May. And we have I have tried this raid. It took me 29 hours, and we finally beat it. I've put 29 hours into this raid, which is more than I put into The Last of Us Part 2. You know, and that game's enormous mm-hmm. as well. I put more hours into this one raid in Destiny than I have in, in, into The Last of Us Part 2. But I, we finally beat it, and it was so wonderful. And we beat it all in one sitting, two hours and 24 minutes, when normally we would have, like, taken four hours to even just, like, get to the boss, and then four hours to fail at him. Um, so it was a pretty, pretty awesome Tuesday night. Not gonna lie. And then we're just not, we're, we just got ourselves a nice little tight-knit raid group, and we all know our roles and all of these things really well. And so uh, Saturday, you know, we beat Deepstone Crypt again, and we're just, like, raiding like crazy. So Destiny 2 is great. Destiny 2 is great. That's it. That's all I ever play anymore. So you just run that every week? Get, do your raids and try to get your times better or whatever? Yeah, at the end of the raid, like, you have a chance to get an exotic rocket launcher. Like, depending, an exotic weapon at the end of most raids, so... We're mm-hmm. trying to get everybody that weapon. And the more frequent, the more you do the raid, the higher your chance of getting it so that eventually you're going to have 100% chance of it dropping. So, um, allegedly. Allegedly. I did, I don't know if I said this on here. I did have a, my friend's brother was, they were doing Bavalta Glass so he could get that, whatever that gun you get from mm-hmm. it. He cleared it, I think he said he had cleared it 33 times and never got the drop. Woof. I was like, ooh, boy. That sucks. And it's like, your percentage goes up. I'm like, by what? 0.1%? Because exactly, yeah. like 33 <laughs> clears, you should have that weapon at this point. But That's the next thing I want us yeah. to, to farm is, is that Vex Mythoclast weapon. It, and we just realized, too, that we could be just like saving a checkpoint at the beginning of that boss and just redoing the boss over and over and again without having to redo mm-hmm. the whole raid. And so I think that's what he did. Yeah. For, you can do like a certain amount of clears from right before the boss or whatever. Yeah. So November, yeah. there's not going to be, they've just announced for the next five weeks, there's no new Destiny 2 content coming out, no seasonal stuff, no anything until the 30th anniversary celebration on December 7th. So it gives us plenty of time to just like catch up on shit and go farm. Mm-hmm. 
That's get it. caught up. All right. That's all I played. Cool, cool. I also played Prince of Persia. Can't wait to talk about that. Can't wait to be done with it. That's <laughs> yeah. all I will say for that video game. <laughs> Nolan North is, does a really good Nathan Drake. Um, <laughs> I also played some Back for Blood. Played some more campaign yeah, of that with friends. Yeah, how'd that go? Did you play that uh, with was some a good time. folks? No. No one hit me up. It's all good. Mm. They hated me. No, I, I just posted it. Kind of, well, I posted it on like Wednesday and, and no one bit, but that's cool because I'm still down to play whatever because this game is fantastic. Uh, we played the about half. So there's acts, you know, one, two, three, and the four acts. The fourth act is only one mission. And there's, you know, however many, there's like eight missions per act. So we, I started in the beginning of Act 3, because that's where my buddy was at, and we got to the halfway point, and we had a good time, played some crazy-ass zombies. There's a thing called a hag. So you remember, the, you played Left 4 Dead ever? Left 4 Dead 2, yeah. You played 2. So remember the witch was like, don't mess with the witch, because she'll fuck you up. Yeah. So it's like, if you start her, she destroys you. So I'm like, hag must be their variation of the witch. No, the hag is way worse. If you startle, the, you do something to attract a hag, and she's a gigantic monster with like a bunch of arms in her mouth, and she Weird. grabs somebody and literally swallows them. And you have to like shoot her back to get them out of her, or she like takes them away and they die. That's kind of awesome. Uh, it's wild. It and I was sounds like, terrifying, <laughs> but it's also awesome. Yeah, I, I, so we had it, we had the hag show up twice in our run from like in our. You know, we play like four missions or whatever, get to the halfway point, and she showed up twice. And uh, she got the same person both times. <laughs> <laughs> like, sucks to, we were running with four, and I was like, man, it sucks to be you, but that was terrifying. I do not want to get swallowed by a zombie monster. I'm good. But no, game's great. Had, had a fun time. Um, ready to go back. And, and we're just playing on normal difficulty. So I'm ready to clear the game once and then go back on harder difficulties and have, have fun. Nice. So anytime anyone wants to play that from the community, just let me know, and I will play with you. Because it's, I want everyone to get in on it. But then my last thing I played, which it was an old goodie. I purchased this game. Well, actually, did I repurchase this game like an idiot? I don't know. No, I had the disc. So there used to be a thing where you could go to Redbox and buy the games at super cheap. So like whenever a game was no longer in rotation, quote unquote, yeah. they would sell the disc for like five bucks. So I would used to go to Red to Redbox because there was an app you could look it up. It's like, oh, I can buy Dark Souls three for five bucks if I don't care about having a case. And Dark Souls three had been out for like four months or something because they were like, all right, we're getting it out of our rotation. You could literally take it to GameStop and make you know like quadruple your money. Like it was a it was a scam. But so I bought this game back in the day doing that. But I was like, they had a, a sale on this game with all the DLC. I'm like, you know what? I never actually played that much of it. I'm gonna go back. So I started. Uh, my back kind of hurts, but I've been playing the fractured butthole <laughs> and uh, that South Park RPG. And I've been having a good time. It just started from scratch. And with all the DLC content, I've just got like a ton of stuff at the beginning. So right now I'm dressed up. Basically, you know, Bane from um, Dark Knight Rises, yep. where he's got like the, the coat with like the fur on oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those, but it's purple, and I've got like a little top hat and a and a little black on my eyes, oh, and dang. I'm just a bruiser, so I'm just punching people with like a fur coat. It's a great time. <laughs> I loved that series of games, like from the from the very beginning of Stick of Truth, when they're like, "All mm -hmm. right, go ahead, and make your name," and you like think, "All right, what is my cool character name going to be?" You go through all that, and then you put it in there, and it's like, "No, nah, I think we're going to call you asshole." <laughs> you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. This is great. I'm in. And then Fractured Butthole, they it's just took that combat and, and like, 
added a little bit of that strategy element where you're like, I have to be in the right spot and my moves have this kind of area of effect. Like that, what a good evolution of that series. I think Fractured Butthole for me was like a little too long and I never played any of the DLC. Mm -hmm. But it was, oh man, it was fantastic. And the superhero theme too. Great. Yeah, they definitely, it, they nail it. It's South Park as hell in the, in the best ways. So I'm having fun with that. I do love the name thing, but then this one, it's, you start, it's like choose what your, like your color, your skin is. And it's like, it says it's a difficulty slider. Yes. Um, and it's like, it doesn't yes. make the combat harder. It just makes everything else in life harder. Um, so I had to play on the hardest difficulty of Fractured Butthole because I made myself in the game. Uh, but no, it's it's great. They're, they're, those guys are hilarious. So, so I'm ready to get through that and have, because I really didn't have anything I wanted to play. I was like, I played the barf game and then no one wanted to play back for blood you know, like today. So I was like, I'm just going to boot up this game that I had downloaded and had a good time. So. I'm going to keep playing that and uh, get into that superhero stuff. You know? How wild is it? You know, like two months ago, the guys who made that game, South Park, Fractured Butthole, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, got $900 million. Sure, they got a lot of money from Paramount, didn't they? Yeah, to make a bunch of movies and more seasons of South Park. I was like, God. And they're probably what, like late 30s, early 40s? the fuck are they going to do with 940 at this million point. dollars they've been doing it forever man I, they just like sit down i love how you know an episode's you know 26 minutes or whatever and it takes them 30 minutes to record it like all the voices yeah because it's just them just doing the same voices over and over again they've got it down perfect i love those guys they're, they're very 50 funny. and 52 so, years old 50 yeah i mean they've been making it since the 90s so that makes sense yeah um late 90s so yeah just good on them keep make, get, get your money and make your good stuff and keep making me laugh all right that's it for playtime. We're going to go ahead and move into the mask of the phantasm of the podcast. <laughs> Quest log. Ooh, mask of the phantasm is a Batman movie. Anyway, it's nothing to do with the actual uh, wish. Uh, speaking of superheroes, we're getting a new Marvel game from Amy Henning. This is from Eddie McCucci, GameSpot. Whew, Very this good. This is a good one. A new... A new Marvel game is coming from Skydance New uh, Skydance New Media, the gaming division of the media giant, led by writer and director Amy Hedding of Uncharted fame. Skydance New Media's game will be a narrative-driven blockbuster action adventure title featuring an original story set in the Marvel universe. Original. Keep keep an eye keep an eye on that one. Mm -hmm. Hedding said in a statement, "The Marvel uni uh, Marvel Jesus Christ in heaven, <laughs> the Marvel universe." <clears throat> epitomizes i saw epitomize i'm like don't fuck this up and i just <laughs> fucked up every word epitomizes all the action mystery and thrills of the pulp adventure genre that i adore and lends itself perfectly to an interactive experience uh, she also added it's an honor to be able to tell an original story with all the humanity complexity and humor that make marvel characters so enduring and to enable our players to embody these heroes that they love so big news she'll finally make a video game after 20 years i'm very excited yeah. for her original story and she says heroes and characters. So plural. I don't know if that means anything. Are you excited? What do you expect? I'm, I, I don't know what to expect because we know it's narrative driven and blockbuster action adventure, which, you know, that's her bread and butter in the Uncharted series. <clears throat> that's what she was working on with Star Wars before that got canceled. And then her next thing before that got canceled. And now this. And that to me lends itself to like you, you are taking one person throughout a story and you are focused on that solo person but like the the language that they use like marvel characters plural the marvel universe like it, it leads me to believe like this is a game that's going to be filled with a lot of different cameos and characters 
from everything Marvel, which doesn't sound necessarily like it's going to be like that, that, you know, Nathan Drake focused uncharted game where you might play occasionally as like young Drake or something like that. But it, it is, you're playing as one person throughout the whole thing. So I don't know mm. it, it, the, the language seems to be a little bit hazy for me, but I am very excited about anything Amy Hennig does for sure. And, um, what else is she writing? She's writing something else too, right? I'm going to look that up real quick. I think for spoken for spoken. That's what it is. Yeah. She's, she's working yeah. for spoken, but yeah, I'm very pumped. I, I don't see this necessarily being an original character, but probably just no. like a story that she's making up for this person that's not linked to any other comic or movie or anything like that. Yeah, it should be very exciting. I, I mean, Marvel's been doing, they've been doing things that excited me, even for how the quote unquote miss Avengers is. Like, yeah. I don't think that the game is like trash. It's just not what I want to play, but I don't like all the actors are good in it. Yeah, the actors are good. The story's good. Like the, the, that's the thing about that game I, that I always forget is that the single player content is really good. And then you get to the mm -hmm. end game and you're like, I don't want to do any of this anymore. Yeah. Which doesn't, yeah, the game is still, I still, it's still like solid and good to play. It's just, I don't want to do the live service stuff, but we've got that. We've got Midnight Suns coming out. Apparently, I mean, we'll get to it way later in the show. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy apparently is a big hit. I'm like, that game was a fucking seven out of 10. It's like, no, apparently it's better than that. So they're doing big things. I'm very excited. I want to know what she's going to do. Like, what could she do? It doesn't matter. It's going to be fun either way. Just based on her uh, experience and her track record, as long as you know Marvel's been putting out bangers, regardless. So, I'm just I'm just curious. I mean, we know not Wolverine, not Spider Man. I hope it's something kind of obscure that like yeah. that we but don't. That's what really Midnight know about. Suns is. Midnight Suns is like. Do you know who Magic is? But I mean, like Midnight <laughs> Suns still character? has a lot of the, the characters that you know and love in the they Marvel do. universe in it. But like, I hope this is something. I hope it's a single character that you don't really give a shit about or know about, but you're on because it's Amy Hennig. And then it just like guardians of the galaxy was, you know, every, no one gave mm -hmm. a shit about that property until James Gunn made guardians of the galaxy movie. And they're like, Oh fuck, this is now one of my favorite things. I hope Amy Hennig does that with something because we have Wolverine. We have, I mean, Spider-Man, I love these games. I'm looking forward to them so much, but also these characters are very tired and they're always mm -hmm. getting the spotlight and I'm ready to see something else. I'm ready to see something original. So I hope it's something that we don't really know of or that like only the super nerds know about. Yeah, I would like, yeah, just how Guardians were like a D tier before James Gunn got a hold of them and everyone loves Guardians. Even Iron yeah, Man I mean, was. Uh, like not a ton of people yeah, liked I, Iron that, Man before that movie. When they made that, that was the first movie they made. I was like, Iron Man, huh? That's what you're <laughs> starting with? Uh, but it worked out just fine. So I'm excited. It'll be, it'll be good. Now on to some bad, uh, bad news. Woof. Speaking of uh, Halloween, these things are going into their grave permanently, these next two stories. Ooh. Maybe not permanently, but they're going down. Halloween kills these guys for real. Uh, Pack <laughs> Like Michael Myers and Jamie axe. Lee Curtis, they can never die. Yeah. <laughs> Pack South gets the axe. This is from George Yang at IGN. Uh, at Pax on Twitter has announced that it will be shutting down Pack South for the time being. Uh, this is a quote directly from the tweet. While each of our other events has flourished, some of them drawing hundreds of thousands of attendees from around the world, Pack South has expanded and to some extent has remained the same show that it was when we opened it in 2015. Um, they continued saying, facing uh, with that reality and compounded with, by the impact of COVID-19, we've made the difficult decision to bring Pack South to an end for the foreseeable future. Pack South started in 2015 in San Antonio and attempted to draw fans from Texas and surrounding states. 
but clearly uh, failed to take off. So that's a rough one. PAX, uh, I don't know if this worries me for the future of PAX because East and then they used to call it Prime, but I think now they call it West, where Seattle, Seattle and Boston seem to be doing fine. Like PAX East was literally the last thing before shutdown happened, and that place seemed to be popping. Um, they, they've been able to pivot. They've been having their virtual shows and all that. But seeing one of the smaller versions of what they've done just like completely get axed for the time being, which again could be never come back, who knows, that's, uh, that's worrying. At least it wasn't the big one, but it's still like, oh, when an arm of what we do is no longer viable. I don't know if it was COVID-related or, I mean, this, it's been around since 2015. Like we haven't grown, yeah. So I don't even know if COVID was the thing that did it. But so people in the, in the Texas area, uh, I guess you got to fly a little bit uh, east or west for the time being. I think this is like, I think ultimately this is a good thing, and it's something a lot of companies are now starting to like reevaluate and downsize, not downsize, but but like clean up a little bit. We. We had so many different conventions and so many like PAX South, PAX West, PAX East, Gamescom, E3, uh, Comic Con still was like super games focused at times too. Like, and there are 20 of those Comic Cons. So I think now that none of this has been able to happen for the last year and a half, paired with the fact that we're like pioneering some new ways to do digital events and, and have that experience, I think this is just PAX reevaluating and saying, do we need three live events? Or can we like cut the stragglers right now while we experiment a little bit with PAX West and PAX East and see what these might evolve into and then reevaluate, do we need a third event? Or maybe we don't. Maybe we just need one big event that we hold virtually that everyone comes to. And maybe there's an in-person experience part of that. But um, obviously, they're probably not making a lot of money right now because they aren't having events and they aren't having people who show up in person. So this is a not only a cost-cutting cost measure, but also probably... An experimentation and seeing what works and evolving measure as well. So, I'm not worried about PAX as an entity, but uh, it's, I'm curious in two, three years what these events will look like. And, and I, I don't think, and I kind of don't hope they go back to being exactly what they were pre-pandemic. I hope that, that they evolve out of this somehow too. Hmm. Yeah, I hope PAX stays around. Just of all the conventions that are around, you know, there's Comic Cons all over the place. There's Scare in my city, we have a thing called Scarefest, which is just a horror convention. Uh, I think they say it's the biggest one. I don't know if that's true or whatever. There are conventions for specific things that people like, right? And PAX is really, I know E3 opened up to the public or whatever, but that seemed like a big hot mess. Yeah. I think PAX is the only one really meant for like people who like to game and enjoy those kind of things. So I'd hope it doesn't go away because I went, I've been to PAX East and I had a great time. And it, like I said, E3 seems like a mess. PAX seems like the one to go to if you want to go as someone going to see a thing. So yeah, I hope they figure it out and continue to make it better or whatever. Because if that went away completely, that'd be rough. That'd be just hot ass garbage. <laughs> and I would not enjoy it at all. So I'm really excited. I've never been to a thing, PAX, but I, huh? I think... Um, oh, we should go. Yeah, definitely. I've always wanted... Yeah. I've been to Seattle a couple of times now, so I would, I'd love to go to PAX West. I always get East and West mixed up. I'd love to go to PAX West since it's also kind of close too, but Boston's mm -hmm. cool. I'm going to East. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of things that got canceled after one season, just like the Purge TV show on USA, <laughs> BlizzCon Online has also been canceled. 
This is from Rebecca Valentine IGN. You see how I made that come in? I was like, it's That's all got to be horror transitions. Yeah. And I'm like, remember they had a purge so in USA, which was decent. They did. But I don't think it lasted very long. All right. Blizzard has announced that it'll be canceling BlizzCon Online. BlizzCon It's It's spelled very strange. It's BlizzCon Line. Yeah. Uh, initially planned for early next year while making an effort to reimagine future BlizzCon events to be more safe welcoming and inclusive oh mm-hmm. let me highlight that last word in a blog post the company said the decision was fueled by a need to redirect the energy blizzard would normally spend putting on the event elsewhere specifically towards supporting our team and progressing development of our games and experiences blizzard still plans to make some announcements for its portfolio of games in february around the time the event would have been held it just won't be in the event uh format used in past years so another one bites the dust another one gets thrillered after Michael Jackson turns into a werewolf, <laughs> another event is gone. Um, this one is a little interesting. This one, I mean, it's got two things. Blizzard is in trouble. It's like, we got to make our event safe, welcoming, and inclusive. Yeah, you got to throw that word in there because you're in trouble for that one. And then, you know, it, Blizzard's a mess. Yeah. And I don't think that they could hold any event this year regardless of what the world situation is. Um, we're still gonna get the, see. We're still getting announcements. So like, we're still gonna get the news out there. Yeah. But like, fuck everything else. We're not doing any of that <laughs> other shit. Everyone, make make the games, and let's try to get past this lawsuit. But uh, anyway, yeah, you go ahead. There's so much that comes along with with a BlizzCon nowadays, with the free Hong Kong thing from two years ago, uh, and that whole controversy with China, and then like like the Activision scandal right now which is like technically a slightly different thing than blizzard but they're still kind of wrapped up in that whole company uh i'm sure that right now they are just saying we probably don't need all this bad press surrounding all of the announcements that we want and there's probably going to be a lot of protests and things like that if we hold this in person and if we hold it online i'm sure we're going to get ddos to fuck and uh, who knows what might happen and they're just like let's let's drop some announcements and let's reevaluate how we come out of this on the other side of a, a good pr spin so this one I don't think is just like PAX, where PAX is like, oh, we're trying to figure it out, and we'll be back, and, and we're evolving. And this is like, let's play it safe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they, they cannot afford to have, I mean, I, they're like, hey, let's not go in public. Let's just yeah. sit in the house until this all blows over. Um, and yeah, they can still do it for cheaper if they just announce it on a, a stream that... People are going to say a lot of mean things in in the comments, but, you know, whatever. They just move past it and get their news out there for their investors. So, two shows back-to-back canceled. Look at these news stories I had to put together. What a fun week. (laughs) Everyone enjoy your re-seizing. The April, May of the the start of the pandemic, when it's like every week, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, PAX is canceled. Oh, E3 is canceled. Oh, this is canceled. Oh, Microsoft's canceling everything till August 2021. Oh, this. And it's just like. All right, that's that's what news is now, is everything's COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whew. luckily there are no more, let me double check before I say this, no more cancellations on Woo! here. We're good, we're good. But we will move on to some sales numbers. And you know what sells really good? Violence and gore. Nice. And Resident Evil for Capcom. This is for multiple stories, so just check out IGN, GameSpot, VGC, all the video game websites because they have a breakdown of these annual meetings with reports of money and how much these people make. So, we're, start, we're starting with Resident Evil and Capcom first year. All right. Uh, Capcom is pleased with how its 2020 remake of Resident Evil 3 turned out. Remember that game? Yeah. Resident Evil 3 remake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
The publisher called the game a hit in its annual report published today, or at the time that the report was written. Uh, the game has sold 3.9 million units as of March 31st of this year. I'm sure um, a lot of so, that was on the back of Resident Evil 2 Remake. Like Resident Evil 3 was like as good as that game could have ever gotten based on the story and the bones that it was built on, but a mm-hmm. lot of people were like, oh, 2 is good. I'm sure 3 is going to be great too. It was, it was fine. 3.9 is still solid. Mm-hmm. It's funny to think about, um, this is a diatribe from Adam now, at that like what sales actually mean when people are like, Oh man, we love like Metroid, for example, they're like, Oh, people love Metroid. And you look at sales of Metroid, like, Oh, these games never sell good. I, I, I think it's very hard for those games to like over a million, I think, yeah. or just like Mega Man. I think like one Mega Man game has ever sold over a million copies. And it's like, Mega Man's real popular, right? It's like, mm, not really. So 3.9. Yeah. Very good for Capcom. And that's, very, that very qualifier good. is always so weird for me. Like I feel like resident evil is a property that just transcends gaming. Obviously, I mean, the franchise as a whole has made over a billion dollars in film. It's got, you know, animes, it's got movies, it's got all of this kind of stuff around it. I feel like everyone knows what Resident Evil is. And then you see, like, I feel like 3.9 million units is just, like, so paltry for that series. And even the, we'll get to this in a second, the 10 million, Mm. the highest selling Resident Evil of all time is 10 million. It's like, really? That's it? Compared to, like, over 100 million of GTA V? Mm-hmm. That's, that's when people were like oh my favorite game did really good because it's my favorite game it's like mm, probably not madden probably outsold your favorite game by times 20 <laughs> yeah like let's year. be honest <laughs> on any given year uh that's just how it is yeah we'll get to more resident evils just real quick though they talked about other video games i sold monster hunter rise which reached 4.8 million all right that is the switch and pc uh version or of the monster hunter release uh monster hunter world iceborne so just the expansion for Monster Hunter World, which I think is still their best-selling game of all time, uh, sold 2.4 million in the last fiscal year alone. That expansion came out two years ago, so in the second year, that expansion still sold 2.4 million copies. You can tell me exactly what I think Monster Hunter Holy World shit. is. Is it 30 million? Is their number one game or something like that? Uh, this is from June 30th of 2021. 17.3 million hmm. for Monster Hunter World. 17. 8.2 yes. now. Well, plus the additional for world iceborne yeah so i yeah the expansion and world didn't are the best-selling things that they have uh yeah but the expansion sold 2.4 million in the last year and now resident evil capcom has announced that resident evil village has surpassed 5 million copies shipped that's not sold through but 5 million shipped worldwide including digital copies sold in a news release capcom said resident evil village read 5 million units shipped faster than re7 uh, which went on to become the highest-selling Resident Evil game of all time with 10 million. So, Village is doing very well and is on pace to do better than Seven did if the numbers are same to what the last game did. All right, all right. So, Resident Evil, good because Village is doing very well. It's great. I'm, I'm sure it was. I might go back and play that for Game of the Year consideration again too. Mm, I feel like I always have a, have a that little game. double. When dip? I think of Game of the Year, for some reason that's not in my brain. Like it didn't come out this year to me for some reason. Oh yeah, I, I think it's on a lot of people's list or their their short list. Uh, so yeah, Resident Evil again with those numbers. You know, four million for remake, three remake, and then five trying to get to ten for Village. They're doing good. Capcom, all thumbs up. Speaking of all thumbs up and making the big money. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla is making the big bucks. But you missed the spooky transition. I didn't have one. What was it? Oh, I don't know. I I was I thought every single transition had to be spooky, and this one's just thumbs up. Speaking of Draugr and the scary things in the Viking lore, 
such as berserkers and uh, druids and such. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know if I think I think druids is an Irish thing. I might be wrong. AC Valhalla makes the big butts. This is big butts, <laughs> big butts for AC Valhalla. This is for Eddie McCucci game spot. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Ubisoft released its uh, latest earning report on t- Thursday, and I picked out the AC stuff specifically. Among the key takeaways is that AC Valhalla has become a giant success for the company. Ubisoft said Valhalla has already become the company's second largest profit generating game in the company's history. Uh, it achieved that in less than 12 months. Damn, damn. They did not report what the number one thing was, but Valhalla became number two in less than a year. What do you uh, think? Valhalla. Ha- what do you think mm-hmm. Ubisoft's most profit generating game in history is? Profit generating. I wonder if it's like Uno. Oh, Uno shit. Uno was a big fucking deal. Yeah. Remember that? Uno was huge. Um, maybe it's like one of those board game like tie-in games that they did. I have no idea what it is. Or I'm trying to think of something that had like a lot of um like deals like post you know money making things. And I don't yeah. I don't know. The highest grossing game is Far Cry five with twenty five mm-hmm. million dollars. I don't know if that means it's a no profit generating though. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. They they made point that they did not say that one. Uh, Valhalla had higher daily average revenue per user figures than Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Ubisoft uh, added additionally, Siege of Paris expansion had record engagement. So apparently, the DLC did the best that their DLCs have done in a while. So I see Valhalla knocking it out of the park. Yeah, I think it's because when they rebooted that series as a a Souls-like RPG, that was a good move for the the company. And it being like one of the big launch games for all of next-gen, probably also a big plus for that franchise as well. So, look at that. The big butts on Ubisoft's uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla doing, doing big things for that company. That's a game that, like, I don't want to play that game, but I want that game to have been played by me. Like, I want to wake mm-hmm. up tomorrow and just have all the knowledge of having played that game, but I don't want to actually go back and I don't want to go and play it. It's a lot. I, I have not beaten it. I like it a lot, but it is quite a bit. I think I'm like 60 hours in at this point. I think I, I got I like think it takes about 100. In. And I could I tell it was going to be there. a ton. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, but the, the map was smaller than Odyssey, which I also 100%ed, which is crazy. Damn, um, you 100%ed Odyssey? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yep. And the DLC. Yep, I was crazy. Um, speaking of dying and coming back, and dying and coming back, just like Jason Voorhees, oh, Returnal. Oh, nice. Not his mom, though. It's finally a playable... Do what now? Not Jason Voorhees' his mom. She stays dead forever. Mm, yeah, she never comes back. Um, Returnal is finally a playable video game. It's from Matt Persilow at IGN. <laughs> that is a hyperbolic statement for me a new version 2.0 update for playstation 5 exclusive returnal has added a system that allows players to temporarily temporarily save their progress and shut down their console who would have thunk it what a good idea (laughs) revealed on the playstation blog the new system is called suspend cycle this feature allows you to pause your current run exit the game turn off your console turn off not rest turn off Uh, rebooting the game will then allow you to continue your run as returnal's game director harry krueger explains Harry Krueger. I wonder if he's related to Freddy. Oh. Uh, the structure of the game... <laughs> so stupid. The structure of the game remains unchanged, so this functionally is not a traditional 
uh, mid-game save game option. By suspending the cycle, Returnal will simply create a single-use suspended point, and once you resume playing, the suspended point is deleted and cannot be used again. Uh, the, your game will continue directly from the moment you left it, and you you want to suspend the cycle again, your progress will be captured from that new point onwards. So, because, you know, people are like to, you know, the sanctity of my hard game or whatever. It's you save when you're not in comp, when nothing's going on, and it's not a, it's not permanent. It, you save it so you can turn it off, and then when you die in that run, the save's deleted. Yep. Or the next, when you load up the run, yeah. the, the save's deleted. So it's just, this is all that I've asked for, because I wanted to play Returnal. I actually played a good um, couple hours of it. I was like, I like this game a lot. But then I would sit down, and I'm like, do I have two hours to do a run? Exactly. No. Right. So I'm not going to play Returnal. Um, this is exactly what I want. It's like, let me get you know an hour, however long I want to get into it. And I can suspend it and come back. Because the problem wasn't that I was so hard and I'm trying to cheese the game. It's just I don't have two to three hours to sit here and just have to devote all my attention to it. Right. So for me, it's a big plus, And I will finally be able to finish Returnal just because I didn't want to put a, aside a whole days to play that game in case I went on a run. So I think it's a good thing. I'm sure there's hardcore people out there going to complain. They complain about everything. They complain <laughs> about Reese's Cups, even though they're the best candy in the world. Um, I think it's all plus And yeah. It's good. Yeah, I'm pumped for feel? this. It's I got through the I got through three biomes when it came out, and then I picked it up like two months ago and got to the fourth biome. Was riding high on the game again, and then now this is I think this is going to be the final push that makes me go back and and finally beat this game. I love it. I love. I adore this game. It's fantastic. But you're. I just never had. I never had the opportunity to just like sit down for several hours or. To play this game through, because you could still could like put your game, you put your PlayStation into rest mode, and come back to it, and it would be where you left off. But if the game updated, or if you played something else, then it's wiped. So like that, that's kind or of if anxiety. it just crashed, or if it crashed because the game yeah, was crashing it at launch. Yep, I love it. This is great. I will be able to finish the game because I love rogue roguelike games, and uh, I enjoy this game a lot. I really like the the dual sense stuff on it. It looks very very pretty. They also added a photo mode. I didn't put that in here, but they added a photo mode too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm ready to actually be able to finish the game because I was having so much fun. But I was just like, I literally don't have two hours to sit here and do this. Yep. So this has fixed my only problem. Good on you, Returnal. I appreciate it a lot. Oh man, this one actually is spooky unintentionally. <laughs> Everyone, bow your heads, put your prayers up, grab your rosaries, and do the left, right, up, <laughs> down, Dios center. Mio. For Holden's memorial segment, the Nintendo Expansion Pass is having some struggles. It's from Matt Persolo at IGN.com and from everybody on the internet. I'm sure you as well, Chad. You can talk to us about it. Look at this. Look what I got. Hey. I got that N64 oh, controller nice. for no reason because I'm never going to play any of those games, but I want a Bluetooth N64 controller. It is nice. So, some players who have upgraded their Nintendo Switch subscriptions to access the new expansion pack are upset about the performance uh, of the service. Uh, of the services Nintendo 64 games. Many issues have been collated into a reset era thread, which has um, attracted further submissions from players who are unhappy with the service. Common complaints focus on the input lag, such as input lag in OOT is so bad, and pretty noticeable input lag and audio delay in all N64 stuff so far. These are just people from that reset era thread. Um, alongside input lag, players are reporting sound effect delay and issues with, mis uh, with music playback, as well as strange button layout problems that reverses the placement of the A and B buttons, and no options to remap your controls. Um, I also saw things where, um, like, you're playing Mario Kart, and it's like, insert memory card 
as if like this is literally the exact N64 version with no updates yeah. because there's no memory card on any of these controllers. Uh, there's been some things where I think you kind of said it a couple weeks ago, like you're getting these are going to be the worst versions of these games, and I don't think you're incorrect. Yeah, I don't know. I when I said that it it wasn't necessarily like the emulation is going to be terrible. It was just like, hey, this is going to be all the old ass versions, and it's going to be on a system that's not optimized for it. And there are newer, better versions on accessible hardware. But, man, to, to see all the problems that people are having, even so much as, like, the button layout. Like, it, the default layout, in fact, the only layout that you're able to have, the Switch Joy-Cons, the C buttons, you only get two of the C buttons. And then if you need to access the rest of them, then you pro- hold the trigger, and then all four C buttons are available, but then you lose A and B. And it's just like, what a freaking weird way to do all of that. And then you can't remap shit. So if you're in a game where like you need to be access to those C buttons a lot, like there are a ton of games that use the C button as a camera, and you probably need to be using that camera a lot. Like you're gonna have to hold that trigger the entire game. Mm-hmm. So sells a lot of sixty dollar Nintendo sixty four controllers for the Nintendo Switch. I'm sure. Um, yeah, uh, and the audio delay, watching people like freaking bug out into the sky in Mario Kart. Like <laughs> the input <laughs> lag though is, is something that like blows my mind because there's not really input lag via Bluetooth much at all with Joy-Cons or the Pro Controller on regular Switch stuff. I don't understand why it would be such a huge thing in the N64 emulated stuff. Yeah, mm. not, a, not a good start to not a good service <laughs> for not a good amount yeah, of money. Not great. What it- for you specifically, would you? Where were your issues that you had, if you had any? And then, does that N sixty four controller help? I will not play this service. I have not. And oh, will okay. not you just got the controller service. to have. The I just got the controller gotcha. because I wanted a Bluetooth N sixty four controller. I don't blame you. Um, so yeah. that's that's not great to see. But I guess we kind of guessed it. I was like, I'm sure they'll figure it out. It's like, no, these are literally just the ROMs from the N sixty four just thrown onto the Switch. Like they did nothing. Yep. To these, which is upsetting if holden was a lo- was with us today actually he might be rolling around in his grave because it is halloween so <laughs> spirits and bodies are known to do that but i like to imagine holden is, i don't so. imagine holden is the type of person that dresses up for halloween but I, I like the thought that he went so extra that like he dug a grave in his front yard and just rolling around in normal clothes <laughs> just to celebrate halloween this is awful <laughs> all right that is all the spooky news for us that we've had this this day Again, a lot of bad, some good, very interesting things. But that's not the end of the show. Surprise look in my face for audio listeners. Segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. We're doing the segment from Adam. We're going to do it. This is Game of the Year Watch, October 2021, where we go back and look at the month that just happened. And I go on Metacritic, and I'm like, what are the best games that are an 80 or above? that could potentially be on people's list for game of the year that we need to talk about and decide if we're going to play for game of the year. I've got, there was only five this month that were that 80 or above. Sorry, super Mario party, all-star party mode. You were 78. (laughs) You didn't make the cut. Ouch. Don't know what to tell you, buddy, but number one. So we have a list of five. We can go through all these, you know what we think if we're going to play them, but they should be game of the year. Number one, Metroid dread at an 88. I've listened to uh, your ref reviews. I assume this will be on your game of the year list. You know, this has a potential to be on your game of the year list. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is looking at 
the games in October, I think this is easily going to win that month and has a chance at winning the year for a lot of people. Mm, for sure. I have no way to play it, but I will fully back anybody who says that it's very good because it looks like a very good Metroid game, which I was very excited about. Number two, Inscription at an 84. This one I just started hearing about about a week ago. It is an indie game that starts as like a card battler you play against a dungeon master but then the game apparently changes genres partway through mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. apparently it's a really crazy very interesting good it's a devolver indie game. game devolver yes yep. so you already uh, know it's gonna I, be banger. I remember seeing this at devolver's e3 press conference and yeah this looks yep. dope sitting at 84 on metacritic okay uh, which is the number okay. two game of the month on inscription.com you can mm-hmm. play a demo of it, and they're running a version of what looks like to be uh, Windows Millennium Edition, maybe, or Windows 2000. Okay. And on an, like an 8-bit computer, and then they have like they're emulating Steam on this old-ass version of Windows, and you can play a demo of I like it. That. Yeah, I want to play. We should play this one. Everyone that played it, I'm hearing great things from all the people who've played it. Again. A Devolver game, so you kind of already know it's good. I'm going to play it. I'm very interested. Everyone says very good things. Is it PC only? I don't know. Hold on. I'll find out. I'll find out. Yeah, you look that up. Number three on our list. The the surprise banger of the year, apparently. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, singing in 83. All right. I remember seeing this at the Square Enix E3 conference. I'm like, you're showing too much of this game. I'm interested, but I don't need 20 minutes on Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. A game came out, and I was like, again, the game looks like a, a fun seven. I'll have a good time with that game. It'll be a fun seven. Uh, and everyone, I don't want to say everyone, a lot of people really enjoy the game. Like I said, 83 on Metacritic. Everyone who's been playing has been like, yo, this is super fun, and I re- it's a single player only, you know, story-driven game. And it's like, yo, I love these Guardians. People are like, yo, these are my favorite uh, rendition of the Guardians that I've seen so far, and I, that came out of nowhere. Again, I expect it to be yeah. like fun, but people are like really digging it. I'm I'm kind of surprised because there wasn't like as much as we saw of that game, there wasn't a whole lot of like press leading up to it about like hey, this is coming out, and hey, here are early reviews, and they're positive. Like there there wasn't a lot of talk around it, but then as soon as the game got out there, it seemed like the press was playing it the same day it released, and they didn't get early copies of it. But yeah, it's. From what it sounds like, the game's mechanics itself are not like super great or anything to write home about, but the characters are really endearing and the story and the banter and all that kind of stuff. So that that's what intrigues me the most, obviously. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it kind of reminds me of like Telltale games, where obviously you're not there for the gameplay because that's hot trash. Yeah, but it's the stories, the actors, the the everything in it. Um, inscription. By the way, there's a new. Mm, oh, go ahead. Inscription, Inscription is PC only and Windows only, so I mm. have no way of playing that game, unfortunately. I'll play it for you. Thank you. I didn't. I thought I would have swore that game would be on Switch as well. You know what I'm saying? Like it feels yeah. like one I'm of sure. Those. I'm sure it will. It'll come there eventually. Yeah. I'm sure, like Return of the Arbor did and stuff like that did. I will try it out then. Guardians. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think this is just Adam's gonna play it. I don't know if this will be game of the year thing, but I want to just yeah. play it like maybe on Black Friday sale because it That's does exactly look fun. what I'm thinking. Um, and then the, apparently the new lady, what's her name from uh, Resident Evil? Is it Dema- not Damascus? What's her name? Demetrius. Yeah, apparently this game has the new lady Demetrius, that really tall blue lady who has a thong and beats the shit out of people. I'm kind of into that. Tall blue lady, and let's Google tall blue lady in a thong. I would Google Guardians of the Galaxy game uh, sexy lady, and I guarantee she's going to be the first thing that pops up. <laughs> blue thong panties at Macy's. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, so you look her up. I, I typed in Guardians Galaxy four. at the end of it, and again, a lot of pictures of just blue thong panties. No, well, Guardians and Galaxy game blue lady. Why put we love in. Karen Gillan from Guardians of the Galaxy. She's also, but that's why you put game in there. Okay, now because we know game. Karen Gillan was cool. And Google says it looks like there aren't many great searches for your search. Or any I'll great find the picture for, for you. Okay, I'll send it to you. Her name's like Lady Hell Bender or some shit. Um, so number four, Age of Empires four, sitting in eighty two. I don't think anyone you need to play this specifically, but boy, I loved Age of Empires as a kid. This one apparently is very fun. So I'm going to try that out. It's on Game Pass, so I don't have to pay for it. Um, so I'm going to play that, and that'll be fun, but I don't think it needs to be on your Game of the Year list. But God, I love Age of Empires. I, all, the, all of their marketing is talking about the the history of trebuchets. Um, and I, I saw today there was a video of it's like the mountain, you know, the mountain, the dude from um, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. the mountain, the that body lifter guy. Yep. It's like he tries to outthrow a trebuchet, apparently, is the last video that I saw posted somewhere. All for Age of Empires for uh, marketing. So I'm like, right. you know what? Whatever. Let's go. Let's get time. <laughs> uh, and then at number five, Far Cry 6. You can hear our opinions about that on RAF Reviews. Sitting in an 80 on Metacritic. Again, I don't think this is a Game of the Year continue, but it's a good Far Cry game. I don't think it needs to be played for Game of the Year, though. Even as a dude who really enjoyed that game, this should not be played for Game of the Year discussions. So... That's October 2021. Game of the Year watch. Good times. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty solid month, honestly. I mean, it's not... Nothing's going to blow you out of the water, maybe, but that's yeah, a, it's a solid month. I think those top two are, could potentially blow some Metro Dread, out of the yeah, water. for sure. Inscription, you'll know whether or not that's for sure, but I won't. And then, yeah, we've already... Said, like, the other three, probably not Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, none of these are, like, Game of the Year type things, but good games, I guess. I'm excited mm-hmm. to actually play Guardians over thanks. I have nine days of Thanksgiving break, and I don't think I'm going to go mm-hmm. home to my family's place because I'm just going to be there for Christmas again. So I'm, oh, yeah. I think I've decided I'm just going to stay home and just get the Platinum in Last of Us Part Two, play Guardians of the Galaxy, play Deathloop, get through Returnal. I think I'm just going to make it a freaking gamecation. Play some video games. Yep. See how long you can stay in the same underwear. Ooh, no, that sounds bad. That sounds like a bad idea. I did <laughs> one time see horror. how long I could be, like four or five years. No, it's probably like six, seven years ago. Um, my roommate was gone in Chicago for a, a while, and I saw how long I could go naked, <laughs> and realized oh. it was it was about three days. And then I realized it's probably the longest I've ever been naked in my entire life. Like even as a baby, you come out of the womb and you're immediately mm-hmm. swaddled in a blanket. Yeah, it's like, like total time in your entire life being completely naked. Yeah, because yeah, what, 10 minute showers? And that's basically the only time that you're naked compared to 72 hours straight. Yeah, it's yeah. probably about equal. And I'm not, I'm not right. a naked sleeper. Otherwise, that skews the results way off. That's, you know, at least oh, yeah. six to eight hours a day of naked sleepy. Yeah, if you're a naked sleeper, you're a psychopath. So yeah. that's, not a big deal. <laughs> that's it for me, though. Welcome to Game on Game Show, the game on our gaming show where we play a game called Game on our gaming show on our game show. Game, 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 game. We have a new game today, Adam. This one is called Nolan North is Raptured. Long live Nolan North. No, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I stole this idea from Easy Allies. They play a similar type of game. Their game is like, hey, this movie, Trouble on Set, and the lead actor of this movie had to leave which of these three game characters is going to take their spot? I took that, turned it on its head, and say, here's the setup. Nolan North gets raptured. The actor, the voice actor, who's played almost everyone you've ever loved in a video game, gets raptured. Mm -hmm. 
but he also gets raptured. God takes him out of everything he's ever been in as well. So all That's of his cruel. video games he's now missing from. <laughs> yeah. And so the gaming industry right now has to scramble and replace him in all of your favorite roles that he's ever played using only the celebrities that we have on hand. So we have to go through. I've got six different roles that Nolan North has played, and we have to figure mm-hmm. out of the three celebrities that are available, who's going to play, who's going to replace Nolan North as this character. Oh, you're giving the celebrities as well? Yes. Oh, because the cheat answer would just be put Troy Baker instead of exactly, Nolan North. Exactly, exactly. But we can't do that. No, understand. Troy understand. Baker's booked up. He's got a bunch of stuff going on. So we have, we have a bunch of celebrities here that are available for each mm. role. We're going to start with the easy one. The most, not- like, the most notable, most recognizable Nolan North role, Nathan Drake from the Uncharted series. He's now mysteriously missing from that entire franchise. We've got to replace him ASAP. However, we only have Martin Short, Dave Bautista, and Rick Moranis available for the role. Who do we cast as Nathan Drake? The actual answer should be Dave Bautista. What I want is Rick Moranis. <laughs> I feel like... Because he's such a wonderful person. Dave Bautista would be... I feel like he would be so stiff. I feel like he can be really, really funny in like situations mm-hmm. where you wouldn't think that he's going to be funny. But Nathan Drake, he's got those quips. He's, he's so witty. I think Martin, a Martin Short Nathan Drake would be freaking obnoxious. I cannot. I, the more that I, the older I get, the real I realize I cannot stand Martin Short. You ever you watch that Hulu show that came out that everyone's talking about about murderers and the building podcast show, whatever? No, I've seen that on Hulu, but I've not watched it. Everyone's talking about it, but I just I can't watch Martin Short do anything. Mm-hmm. But what well, do you let think, me do. What do you think of Rick Moranis Nathan Drake would look like? I mean, it would just be Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It, he wouldn't be the embodiment. He would only be a voice. And it would be, be funny. You see this big, handsome, brown-haired man, and then Rick Moranis' voice comes out of his mouth. <laughs> it sounds like I want the character, get the caricature of Rick Moranis. Okay. So okay. like, oh, oh, guys. I can't do Rick Moranis because <laughs> oh, I can't do a, a small, <laughs> a little bit of a a small Canadian man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, 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 Kirby. Uh, so I just like Rick Moranis, but here's Dave Bautista. You said he would. I think he'd be great on it. Just imagine this. I'm gonna back away from the mic, so I'm not. All right, he starts to slide down a thing. Oh, oh, shit! Oh. <laughs> that's that's Nathan Drake, man. That's exactly what Nathan Drake does. Every time he falls down something, no, 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 no. But it's just Dave Bautista can do that. No problem. Can Rick Moranis just be the Vavuzula, like whatever that is? The oh, when you die. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dave Bautista can scream easily. He's literally screamed for 20 years of his career when he got punched. <laughs> like, every time you get punched in wrestling, you got to do a noise and make a grunt or a scream. He can do that all day. All right. We'll cast both Dave and Rick as Nathan yeah. Drake and the Vavuzula or Vavu- whatever that instrument is. Rick Moranis is the death rattle. <laughs> all right. Uh, next role that Nolan North is missing from that we have to replace him. He played Raphael in TMNT in 2007. So the Ninja Turtle, Raphael. Available for the role, we have Jaleel White of Steve Urkel and Sonic the Hedgehog fame. We have Jim Gaffigan. And we have Michael Sarah. All those actors you just named are actually just Michelangelo. So I don't know why you put those guys for Raphael. That's, that's who was available. <sighs> One more time. It was Michael Sarah, and who were the two Michael others? Michael Sarah. Jim Gaffigan and Jaleel White. 
What's Jim Gaffigan from? I know the name, but he's I can't the stand-up comedian with the blonde hair. He's like hot pockets. That was his big thing. Was the hot pockets? Oh, okay. You know what? Give me Jaleel White, because I I've actually watched Family Matters recently for some reason, and when Jaleel White is playing Urkel, he's very nerdy. Whatever he would make good for a Donatello or a Michelangelo, mm-hmm. but there that show is wild. There are episodes. When he learns how to do a secret formula to change a human being's personality, and he becomes Stefan Urkel. That's right. Yep. And he is hot and deep voiced and sexy, and that's Raph. He can do it. Just do the Stefan voice, and there's Raph for you. I think he could. Yeah. I think you're right. Easy. I think, but he needs that Steve Urkel personality machine. Yeah, he needs the machine. <laughs> where it doesn't work. <laughs> or he could just use the cop robot maybe to do it for him. That show's fucking wild. It's- <laughs> That was sense. that was a sitcom. Like nowadays, we think of like super grounded things, like Modern Family and stuff like that. But no, Family Matters. This guy like created a supernatural, not supernatural, a uh, uh, a personality transforming machine in his basement. I think he made a nuclear bomb at one point. Oh my god, love it. Yeah. All right. Next up, Goldar from Power Rangers Super Legends. He's fucking Goldar. Wow. He's Goldar. Okay. And available for the role, we have Chris Kattan. From Night at the Roxbury, the shorter guy. And yeah, he's on some cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Ferrell. And Charlie Chaplin, oddly enough, is uh, when Nolan North got raptured, Charlie Chaplin got resurrected. He came back from available. the dead, huh? Yeah. Does anyone know what Charlie Chaplin sounds like? <laughs> Maybe Goldar doesn't have to make like <laughs> distinguishable, intelligible noises. <laughs> he just got to growl a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh, the minute you said Will Ferrell, I tuned out because uh, we've already got our man. Oh, you think so? Oh, absolutely. G- Goldar is a fucking idiot. He's a fucking dog-faced gold man <laughs> who's actually remedial. He's he is not intel. He's the intelligence of a dog, basically. So Will Ferrell could easily just do play your dude from Step Brothers and just be like, oh. Do we become best friends, Rita Repulsa? It's done. <laughs> Will Ferrell, easy. I think I'm with you. Yeah. Plus, he's tall, and the the bad guys yep. in Power Rangers get super big all the time. Yep. It's just his normal height, but they just do perspective, and it looks <laughs> like he's bigger. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. All right. Next up is I didn't realize uh, he'd be in the costume. I thought he would just be the voice, but now he's in the costume. <laughs> no, he's in costume too. Yep. <laughs> um, Prince of Persia, 2008, the game we've been playing for Barf. Uh, Nolan North plays the prince. The three people available for it are Ben Schwartz from Sonic the Hedgehog mm, and like also and Parks and Rec. Parks and, Rec. and the, it is a Parks and Rec lineup of people because Aziz Ansari is also available. Mm-hmm. And so is Billy Eichner, who's the guy who just screams a lot. Mm-hmm. All voices also in uh, Bob's Burgers a lot. So let me tell you, you just named three people I absolutely love as actors and voice actors. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So... I mean, the, when you said Aziz, I just immediately thought of uh, Daryl from Bosbury. He's just like, oh, guys, I don't know about this. I'm like, I don't know if that should be the prince. Um, <laughs> I know that's not his normal voice, but <laughs> that's what I thought of. So um, b- between Ben Schwartz and um, what's the other guy's name? Billy just Eichner. Said it. Eichner, who is Timon from yes, uh, the Lion King reboot. Yep. So, hmm, do I want Eichner or Schwartz? We've got a lot of Sonic connections already. So I'm going to give it to Eichner. Billy Eichner. I would love to see that. Because one, screaming is one of my favorite things. It makes me laugh so much. And Billy <laughs> Eichner just loves screaming things for no reason. Two, 
you probably haven't seen this because I don't think anyone else in the world other than me has seen this. But Billy Eichner has a uh, TV show on Netflix. Billy on the Street. Billy on the Street. Yes. Baby, I love that shit. The you know the the um, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. What do I call that? Quiz me, cat. It's me, Margaret. Yeah. Um, that game that I play a game on game show is inspired by Billy on the Street. So oh, I don't remember that part. Um, yeah, I love Billy Eichner. I'm totally into that. Seeing him run around with Elika and just <laughs> screaming stupid shit at her. Hey, you! Stop! <laughs> like, that's him. All day. I fucking love How many of these seeds of light do we need? I swear to God, you're glowing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's perfect. I, I mean, we've already we've established it. Um, next up, we have two more. Deadpool from Deadpool. Remember that mm-hmm. Deadpool video game? Yeah, unrelated by to Moon movies? Studios. Hi, Moon. One of the two. We have three people for this one: Sylvester Stallone, Tom Hanks, <laughs> and Hayden Christensen. Those are the three that were available for the role, uh, just schedule-wise. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking lineup! We can't do Sylvester Stallone because he can only do his own voice. <laughs> can um, you imagine Tom Hanks as Deadpool, though? I could. I could imagine Tom Hanks as Deadpool. I want it, You know what I want it to be? I want it. I mean, the game exists, so we can't really change it. But I just want to watch Tom Hanks eat chimichangas at a nice restaurant. Mm, <laughs> That's all I yeah, want. I like that. Just him. Just normal yeah. Tom Hanks. Just him. Doesn't say anything. It's just, it's just like that thing where you watch um, Alan Rickman drink tea. For like 20 minutes in mm-hmm. slow motion. I just want to watch Tom Hanks eat chimichangas in silence. God, that'd be great. <laughs> what was the last one? Tom Hanks and who? Hayden Christensen, who played Anakin Skywalker Hayden, Hayden, as Hayden. an awful um, teenager slash adult. Yes, I don't blame that all on him. I still think mm-hmm. he's a fine actor. He's all right. Well, we'll find out um, when he comes back for the next two Star Wars shows. So I know, right? Uh, you know what? Let's just give it. You were so excited about the idea of. Tom Hanks voicing a character eating chimichangas. I'm going to give it to you. All right. All right. Tom Hanks it is. We're swinging for the fences. We're getting the biggest name possible. Could you imagine if it's like Marvel uh, introduces... This is like Ryan Reynolds has, has retired or given it up or whatever. And it's like Marvel Studios presents Deadpool and he pulls up the mask and it's just fucking Tom Hanks. <laughs> People be like, okay, it's a choice. All right. Our final Nolan North role that needs replacing Tony Stark from the Avengers game. Our replacement options are Alex Borstein, who plays Lois on Family Guy. And was I was about to say, Lois? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, also a, a big hit on Mad TV, that old show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Farley, again, just like Charlie Chaplin, was resurrected when the rapture happened. And Kristen Schaal has a lot of openings in her schedule as well, who played the Triceratops in Toy Story 3. And uh, was Last Man on Earth. Louise from show. Bob's Burgers. Uh, they, yep. A lot of Bob's Burgers in here. A lot of Bob's Burgers in there. Well, I will point it out. I don't want to be that guy. Tony Stark is a male. So one of these options makes a lot more sense than the other ones. But, well, um, but one of them has to be the... like a permanent Hulkbuster suit. Yeah, because he's dead. <laughs> um, I just, I just want to imagine him doing the skit where he's like, oh, we're down by the river. Down oh, Captain America, river. I'm here to help you out. Um, but I want to give it to Alex Borstein. Ooh, why is that? She's a veteran actor. Here's what it is. Veteran actor. She does great voice work. Also, 
Her only time ever being in a superhero movie wasn't great. I want to give her another chance at it. What was she in? She is the friend of Catwoman in Halle Berry's Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give her another shot. I want her to get maybe something a little bit better. So her being Iron Man, I, I think that's... You know what else I love about this? I, obviously, they would redo performance capture and she would be in the game. She's so short. She is so tiny. <laughs> and to just see a really tiny Iron Man in the next to everyone else that's like four foot eight or something like that would be hysterical. Sign How Avengers tall Assemble. Is Alex Borstein. So I love Christian Shaw, but she she that is her voice. Her Luis is Christian Shaw's voice, so she sounds like a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> also a movie she's in is in Norbit. She's um in the park. Oh God, and she says Norbit. She wants, I have not thought yeah, about the movie in so long. Nobody has. She says something about trying to be a hoe. Like the pimp comes around, she's like, "I want to be a hoe too." And I'm like, "Why is Luis saying she wants to be a hoe?" But Alex Borstein. Was mm-hmm. also a Power Rangers alum. She did a lot of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. She did uh, oh, Queen the monsters and Robo Cupid mm-hmm. in Power Rangers Zeo. Boom. She was yeah, also in Oh Marvelous Miss Maisel. She plays like a like a like non binary esque type character in Marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. So she might be able to pull off a Tony Stark. I can do it again. Um, I just want her redemption for Catwoman. That's that's all it really is. Shout out also to a show called Getting On on HBO. You haven't watched Getting On. She play, It's like a, a hospital. She's a nurse in a hospital. It's very funny, mm-hmm. but also kind of tragic a little bit. She's excellent in it. Mm. Excellent. Okay. All right, that's it. We've got it. a new Iron Man. We've, we've cast all of Nolan North's most important roles. Everything else will work itself out. Uh, thank you for taking that journey. And that's it one. for Game On Game Show. That is it for episode 231 of Respawn Aim Fire. Uh, here's your homework. News, flash, twist, audible gasp, um, <gasps> barf. Usually, if you've been around for a while, our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends takes a little bit of a hiatus slash break slash transforms in November and December. And we're going to do this year kind of what we did last year, where we have a backlog of things that we want to play for Game of the Year consideration. And so what we're going to do is we're going to put up two polls, one for Adam, one for me, and we're each going to choose four games that we really want to try to finish before the end of the year. And we want you to vote on which one you think you want to hear us talk about most so that we prioritize that game. So uh, this might end up being the same game for both of us. It might end up being two different games. We'll have two different discussions at the, at the end of the year, but that's what we're going to do this time. So we'll put that poll up uh, ASAP. Go ahead and go if you are a Patreon or patron. At patreon.com slash fire, you can go vote on what you want to hear us talk about. In addition to getting a bunch of other stuff like dope wallpapers, game nights, um, et cetera, et cetera, as well as uh, rap reviews. Anytime we review a game, you get early access to that for a few days as well before the rest of the public gets it. So that's your homework right now, patreon.com slash fire. Um, we are going to talk about our barf game from this month, October, Prince of Persia. That'll be out probably sometime in the next week as we both are just done with that game. Um, and I feel like there's usually one other call to action or piece of homework. Oh, here's another call to action. Hey, go tell your friends to follow us on Twitter, support us on YouTube. Get us like, let's bump our numbers a little bit. Once we get to 100 on YouTube, we can finally like reserve youtube.com slash responding. Custom URL. So yeah. Let's get that. Let's get that vanity license plate right on our channel. 
And if we don't get it, it's all your fault. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like factually, yes, it is our it is our listeners' and supporters' not, fault that we don't have a vanity URL. I can't make hundred Gmail accounts. <laughs> 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 and we know there are many, many more hundred of you that listen every single week to the show. So just go do it. And then, yes, if everyone creates two accounts, I don't have to create a hundred. Okay, everyone create two accounts. Go subscribe to us on YouTube. End of story. There we go. All right. That is it. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. <laughs>